0: and welcome to Cardiff University Politics Society's Meet Your Lecturers podcast. Uh, so today I am joined by Dr. Thomas Leahy, who is a senior lecturer in British and Irish politics and contemporary history here at Cardiff University. Uh, so Thomas's areas of specialism include the Northern Ireland conflict and the intelligence war between the Irish Republican Army and British state. So over to Thomas. Uh, hi, thank you so much for joining us. And how are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Uh, it's really good to be having this session. So, yeah, thanks for having me here.
0: Great. Um, no, honestly, it's a real pleasure to have you with us on the show. Uh, so thank you so much for joining. Um, so I'd just like to start off by asking you a little bit about yourself. Um, so, you know, where are you, where are you from and what really brought you to work in Cardiff?
1: Okay. So two interesting questions. So, um, so I was brought up in Southeast England. Um, so, and that's partly linked to things like my studies as well. I did my undergraduate degree, master's degree, and my PhD degree in London, so King's college London, um, which was quite close to home for where I used to live in Southeast England. Uh, and then just the family reasons really with my wife and that I moved into Wales, um, I think it was the end, near the point of the end of my PhD, and then what was really lucky for me is that positions came up in Cardiff related to uh, my subject area. Originally in 2016, um, so I was a fixed-term lecturer at that point. So I had a year at Cardiff in 2016. Um, in between that, I then got a job in the National University of Ireland in Galway um, in the west of Ireland, which was a Irish government. Um, What's it called? Irish Research Council, Government of Ireland postdoctoral fellowship which is something you do post-PhD before you get a permanent job um, in Ireland. So that was good. And that was about, uh, gosh, it was only about six months and then a permanent job came back up at Cardiff. So it was meant to be there for two years. But I came back. Yeah, that's kind of the process really um, of how I got to Cardiff.
0: Great. Yeah, and it's obviously fantastic that it brought you here um, and to work here. In terms of sort of your academic career. So I know a bit that it sort of began really studying history with your undergrad. So what prompted sort of that shift from history um, to politics um, as a discipline and I suppose also more specifically why did you decide to then go on to specialise in the Northern Ireland conflict?
1: Okay so that's a really good question Uh, and I think the two things combine in a way. When I first studied um, in terms of like Ireland and UK history I would have known about that just from things in family but also Things I would have learned in school a little bit. I remember I was doing my GCSEs actually, and what did I do in my GCSEs? Something to do with partition in Ireland, and I did something about Bloody Sunday as well uh, in uh, Derry in 1972. Uh, so even at that stage, I was quite interested in it, just again because of like family background, family being from Republic of Ireland, and something from Northern Ireland as well. So I was quite interested in those kind of things. But really, the main interest is when I was in my second year undergraduate history. And there was a Northern Ireland Troubles course which was run by Professor Ian McBride, who was at King's College in London, then he's at Oxford now. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it and I found it really interesting. Um, particularly probably some of the students who do my module at Cardiff, just seeing like how different Northern Ireland was to other parts of UK in terms of well, Scotland, England, but also then the Republic of Ireland, how that developed as a society had been quite different in some ways to uh, to Northern Ireland as well, because of partition. So so I was interested in that. And I think from that point, really what I went on to do for my PhD uh, and my first book um, about intelligence war against the IRA was just about the peace process. And there was quite an academic debate that arisen at that time saying um, some alleged high-profile IRA informers had been named. And that was seen as maybe a reason for why the IRA and Féin had stopped this campaign. And really, when I was looking at the readings, and then also looking at the evidence, what was going on in the conflicts and different views. To me, I just thought the kind of intelligence argument didn't seem to make sense, and in terms of being a really important factor in into peace, just because of like various activities that were going on in the conflict and I said, different views, etc. So yes, yeah, so I started researching it as a master's student, and then I did it on PhD, and then went through to uh, my book eventually as well. In terms of then that links to your question about how it links into Politics and IR. Uh, that's a good question, I think in many ways, like politics, it might be politics and history have some quite similar things as the discipline, particularly things like political history, so use it like primary sources, interviewing people, memoirs, archives, parliamentary archives, speeches etc. so I think in that sense the distance aren't too different in like the cross reference in the sources that come to a judgment. What I think worked quite well for me because although technically. You know, my topic in my book goes up to 98 and a little bit beyond because some of it deals with conflict legacy as well, post-98 in Northern Ireland. But really just from that, because it talks about the politics of the conflict as well. Um, and that's kind of ongoing really post-98, uh, the growth of Sinn Féin as a political party, for example, the rise of the Democratic Unionist Party um, over the Osteeners party from the other side of the divide. So, yeah, so I've had a quite a big interest in terms of how the history was helping me to make sense of what was going on in present day northern ireland and the island of ireland as well
0: i mean i i did obviously history was a level but i was set on coming and doing that at university and even just then getting into politics for me really came from history and i think like you said the two obviously overlap in so many ways and the way that you even research them is so similar so obviously where you're at now what kind of aspects of what you're currently doing whatever you're working on at the moment are you finding particularly challenging or rewarding or enjoyable
1: Okay. So that's a really good question. I think the, in terms of research, we'll start with that one. I think the, so link to like book coming out, I think one of the fun things is like engaging with the public and talking about book in media or different forms of media, like radio or in print media. And that's really good. And I think it's a good skill for academics. I think it's a good skill for people outside of academia as well it's how you transmit your work for general public audience and I think that's really important because I think it's good that um, academic work in particular can interact with public debates and offer different viewpoints that includes people who disagree with my view I think it's good that we can have debates in public so people can know different views and know more about a topic and interact a bit um, that's quite challenging anyway because there's just different ways of communicating um, and making sure you, you're pitching things. And I say at the right level, and that's not going to be condescending at all. And just remember there's sometimes language like academics would use of each other that like the general public don't understand and they don't need to understand it because mm. it's just the way we communicate at times. So yeah, and I think it's useful for me because it also helps me then thinking about, um, I tried to do this when I wrote my first book is make it accessible for general public. But yeah, there are, there are ways it could be better and made more accessible. And it's quite interesting doing the media work because you you learn that more as you go along, about um, how people can access things, etc, in a more accessible way. So that's a really useful thing to learn. Um, in terms of other bits of research, I would say one of the bits of my other research at the moment is about how the Irish government deals with conflict legacy in and about Northern Ireland. And that's a very interesting piece of work, just because um, that will involve talking to different politicians, different sides, different jurisdictions in the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, UK mainland. And also different victim survivors groups from you know different uh, horrific events that happened during the troubles and yeah that I wouldn't say challenges it's just it's really good to get a different outspread of not just perhaps like central politicians but actually like victim survivors on the ground who would have experienced the conflict as well and almost see you know obviously different groups and sides will have different viewpoints on various aspects say dealing with the past but I think an interesting thing is actually there's a quite a lot of common ground I do think between specific people in different communities. And that's a really interesting aspect and thinking about how, almost the thing we said about like engagement media, the opposite part is like, how would you turn that for um, engaging like governments in terms of thinking about things with how would you deal with conflict legacy and why is it important to do that? So yeah, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from interviews, people from different sides. Uh, it's challenging in terms of bringing everything together, interviewing enough different people, different perspectives, coming together with a kind of central theme for what you want to say about the area. But it's rewarding as well, because it just broadens your horizons. You learn a lot from people you interview.
0: Yeah, great. Um, I mean, obviously from your work, it's so, I suppose, almost like rewarding, you know, going out and being able to do all of that sort of research and hear from people. Because, I mean... A lot of it's still, you know, what's happened in Northern Ireland, it's still going to be so raw. It's still so important to everybody. So I think being able to do that must, you know, must make the work so interesting, which is great. Sort of along that line, I suppose, about who you've sort of worked with in your career or been able to sort of be in contact with. If you had to name, I suppose, the most or one of the most um, interesting political figures that you've met or been able to work with, who would it be? Oh, that's a tough question.
1: Um, to be honest with you, and this isn't a cop-out answer, I find with the stuff I do in uh, Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and then like British government's role in Northern Ireland, just talking to politicians and senior or grassroots politicians on each side, I find all of it of equal worth. And I just find it really interesting because you're able to access people with different experiences and different perspectives and it's just really interesting I think listen to how they view things and how they understood things and yeah then in this sense comparing the accounts and one learning yourself from that and two and I think this is a really good thing that like degrees taught me and studying a topic like Northern Ireland and looking at different perspectives is that you know obviously like you know people read know that from reading my word that I've looked at the evidence and this is the view I've come to. Now, the key thing that has been really good for me is to say, it doesn't mean that people have a different perspective and therefore wrong. That's not, that's not what we're talking about really here. It's just in a sense, they've understood things in a different way. When I looked at it, I've looked at evidence and it suggests this is the way, but they suggested in a slightly different way. But what's interesting with that is it really helps when you think... Um, yeah, why do different groups have different political viewpoints or view different events in a, a slightly different context or put different emphasis on things? And I think that's where I really like doing interviews with people from different groups because one thing, even if you disagree with what they say, when you look at the evidence, you think, no, I don't think that's the case. It helps you to start understanding, oh, I get why from that position and when they experience things in that way that's why they would think that and that's how they would experience things and I think yeah that's a really good thing because it's not often you get to sit down and someone really explains that to you like this is how we saw it, this is how it was from our perspective Mm. Uh, yeah so that's my it seems a bit of a cop-out answer but (laughs) I couldn't really select one because there's been quite a few occasions where that's happened uh, and it's been quite insightful yeah
0: yeah no I can I can imagine and I think Definitely, don't think it's a think it's a cop out because I mean, if yeah, just from the work that you've done, I think actually it's a really, I think it's a good skill as well to be able to speak to people if you, that you don't agree with, but really take on board what they've said and obviously learn a lot from that. So yeah, definitely, really, really interesting. Just in terms of, I suppose, very prominent right now and from the situation that we've been going through for, well, I mean, almost a year now, which seems crazy to think of. But during sort of this time, you know, the the ongoing lockdown that we've all faced, we've all had to really adapt and learn to cope in completely different ways to what we might have been used to. I mean, for instance, what you know, talking about earlier, just even just learning how to work online, it's been a completely different system how have you sort of coped with the lockdown i mean sort of with work and you know just in general and um what kind of have you got any sort of tips for our listeners that have sort of helped you during this period
1: yeah that's another really good question and i think so the main things i've done is try to be quite adaptable and also tried things out that i might not normally do like work different parts of the day and see what works for me better in terms of like working routine, but also trying to balance it out a bit more with other things I do like in my spare time. So I don't know, like in my spare time, I play things like drums, one of the things I do. And that's useful because then I can kind of structure my day around that. And in some respects I found that quite motivating because I can, you know, for example, if I started working early in the day and then you kind of incentivize yourself that right by the end of the day, if I get this done, means I can play drums early or do something I want to do. Um, so that's been quite good. And then I've, I, yeah, I found the pandemic is easier in some respects to try because the usual things we would have done, like after work I'll go out to pub, or after work I'll go out for food, or something like that. Um, or go and see and chat to people and you can't do that. It might be like Skype using technology, or it might be like watching someone on television, or going really retro and playing some computer game from back in the days. Um yeah, so things like that, and that's just um that's been quite good. So you have like this kind of daily motivation thing and i found that that's quite useful and i'd say as a tip particularly for students that it's a good thing to do rather than you know having like a big i used to be a little bit like this have some big project you're working on and it's like you know no not no enjoyment exactly to the end you'd say it to yourself but you know no i need to save up before i can like do something i really want to like finish this thing but actually i think it's better to do like little rewards each day just to keep you motivated really so yes yeah, so that's been quite good and um Definitely. And as well, I think it's just the opportunities like chatting to people on Zoom, Skype. I do that quite a lot with friends, family and stuff. And I, d- I think that's a really good thing to do just to, yeah, just stay interactive. And it just, um, I don't know if other people have this, but sometimes I come up Zoom and I'm, I'm a bit like, oh yeah, I'm sitting in my house. just realize that, that it's not actually talking to someone face to face. It's not, you know, obviously Zoom and that has drawbacks, but I do think it still allows us to interact and keeps us in you know, uh, mind busy with like interacting with other people. So yeah, so then I mean things on that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I think we're so lucky that we have got this ability. I mean, yeah, if we didn't, if we didn't have Zoom and all these sort of technical things that we do, I think it would just be a completely different story. And we are, you know, we are still able to see people and engage with people and, you know, even university, we've been able to manage and get along. And I think that's really important. Well, thank you so much for joining us and giving myself and our listeners such fantastic insight into your life and your career. I'm just going to finish off, just got a few sort of quick fire questions. So don't need to think about them, just first answer that sort of comes to your head. So first off, who is your favourite musician or band?
1: My favourite band is, at the moment, I'll just give you at the moment, a band called Nothing But Thieves at the moment. Cool. Uh,
0: So, number two, fantasy or crime?
1: Fantasy, I'll go for. Uh,
0: Smart or casual?
1: Casual. Uh,
0: What are you currently reading?
1: I am reading about the... Levellers who were in the English Civil War in the 1600s. Cats or dogs? Our oh, cats, definitely.
0: Oh, I think that's going to be a big divider with the viewers. <laughs> uh, and then morning or evening?
1: Our uh, evening. Uh,
0: well, thank you so much, Thomas. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And actually, so this was our final podcast um, of the series. Sadly, we have really, really enjoyed recording all of these with our lecturers. It's been fantastic to speak to all of you guys and get an insight into your life and career. Thank you to everybody that joined us this series and the big thanks to the committee that set this up, uh, the politics committee. I know everyone's worked really hard on it and we really hope you'll be able to run another series soon and we will see all you guys soon.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks.